0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat it's Season 4! That's right, the debut of Season 4, that's right, because it's all things WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. Our AFL season is officially done, so we're diving right deep into all of our WA Domestic Sporting teams and where today's podcast is proudly supported by the team of Matt and Anna at Roller Games and their mad for, for footy board game where well, they're kicking big bags of goals making turnovers at critical times and changing the way footy is delivered one game at a time. That's what this new AFL inspired board game is all about and you can find them on at Roller Games on Instagram Roller Games on Facebook and RollerGames.com.au that's r o l l a to find out a bit more about them but more importantly to get your hands on a mad for footy board game for you and the family and it's uh, W domestic sports coming thick and fast so we're going to start off on the cricket pitch it's time to talk a little bit of western warriors it's all over wa go back to back in the marsh cup they win their 16th title and that man on screen would have to be pretty close to the man of the match i think was his batting performance today it's very good We're next on the agenda for the Western Warriors was an outing up against Tasmania at the WACA. I've been on a very pacey or bouncy pitch and and rather a bit of a batter fest. Now Tasmania won the toss and they elected to bat immediately, making and posting a strong total of 439. As Corey Rocacholi led the way in the wicket tally with 4 for 4 start again... 4 for 144 for 39 overs, uh, whilst Aaron Hardy's 1 for 52 at 2.74 was uh, very hard to get away. Now, for the return serve, Cam Bancroft continues to press his case for a test opening spot uh, with 91 and a long stay at the crease after uh, 243 balls, whilst Aaron Hardy and bowler Charlie Stobo posted valuable 50s alongside Ashton Turner's 82 not out. And he was underlined by dominant performance by new and returning per scorcher Sam Whiteman's 100. Eighty-eight just continues to knock the runs uh, just down there and uh, knocking down the door as well Uh, The black and gold caps got to 227 before the loss of their first wicket uh, whilst there was a 93-1 for 93 run fourth wicket partnership and 101 run seventh wicket partnership to so keep the tally pushing to a declaration of 8 declared for 574. Now come the second innings for Tasmania they were 3 for 29 and 5 for 70 at one stage on the last day are still trailing the Warriors first inning score with the chance for collapse on the cards before steadying for the sixth wicket and the game petering out to a draw. Uh, The team has dropped down to third, equal on wins with four teams, but uh, lesser points and also lesser boner points. Lesser bonus points, should I say. And of course, uh, this game actually sort of finished towards the back end of uh, last week. So a little bit behind there, but um, they next play Adelaide at Adelaide Oval this Thursday in a Sheffield Shield contest. So in a couple of days time, they're back on the pitch and that's all things for Western Warriors. We're staying with cricket, but now it's time to talk a bit of WBBL. ...handed shot, squirts out to the offside, it is celebration time for the Perth Scorchers because the captain, the first overseas captain to lead their team to a win and is the first win in the WBBL for the Perth Scorchers. They finished on top, they set, they've gone against the trend and they... Yeah, that's right. It's WBBL time. Uh, And just before we get to the match, let's talk about final signings for the team. Now, firstly, Western Fury squad member Zoe Brickcliffe, who actually replaced Chris Becker, um, who, unfortunately, uh, will be out of the tournament due to an injury, where uh, Englishwoman Lauren Winfield-Hill is dining the orange as a dynamic opening batter, and then adding in more homegrown talent uh, in Chloe Ainsworth and Lisa Griffith. Whilst due to a loophole in the WBBL draft and out-of-draft signing period, the Scorchers have scored a massive coup in top, top T20 world batter um, in the world, Nat shiva Brunt. So uh, yeah, the squad was looking absolutely brilliant what a way to begin their campaign down in Hobart after being sent in to bat by the Hurricanes down at UTAS Stadium whilst the girls were in mild trouble early, sending out 1 for 25 and 3 for 52 at 7.4 overs, Enter captain and retained overseas recruit in New Zealand international Sophie Devine who's actually coming off probably and described by her as her worst campaign last season, but boy did she bounce back, leading the team from 3 for 52 to anchoring the team's total of 4 for 186 6 with a quick shout out also to uh, cunt, to uh, Lauren Winfield Hill's 27 off 29 and Amy Eggers' quick fire 21 not out of 15 but all were simply support acts to divine's 87 not out of 44 at 198 strike rate and throwing 13 boundaries at that. Now could they defend this total though And clearly what was a good batting w- wicket well listen to this 1 for none 2 for 2, 3 for 19 4 for 19, 6 for 80, 7 for 83 8 for 85, 9 for 85, and all out for 88. In particular, going from 6 for 80 at 13.1 overs to bundled out 2.4 overs later, um, the Hobart Hurricanes. And a statement was made. Of uh, the Perth Scorchers' intent, Alana King was a sole destroyer. Uh, the Australian leg spinner claiming 3 for 19 at 4.75 economy rate. The new recruit and fastballer Stella Campbell are from the Sydney Sixers. She claimed 2 for 10, whilst Chloe Ainsworth got the same figures, but at just uh, a much better economy rate of 3.33. Now, no, no time, though, unfortunately, to bask in the success of the win, as Brisbane were next on the cards. And it was a turnaround of their Friday clash, unfortunately, in regards to high scoring. But uh, they were on the receiving end of a batting masterclass up against Brisbane. They conceded 7 for 229. Uh, and when that happens, it's just always going to be an uphill battle to be competitive. Um, the girls were in a solid position too, having the heat at 2 for 25 midway through the third over. But then conceded big partnerships for the third week at and the fifth wicket. All the bowlers had economy rates in the double digits. Uh, With Amy got the most attacking uh, option, she picked up three for 31. Now in response, the scorches made it to just 179. Normally a pretty solid score, but not in this match. Uh, losing big momentum in the ninth, over going from 2 for 97 to 4 for 100. And they just couldn't build the big partnerships that they needed uh, with Beth Mooney's 60 off 30, the highest score from the team. Now with their 1-1 result, the girls sit 3rd uh, with a solid net run rate. Uh, next up, they come back home to play Wednesday at the Wacker up against, well, Hobart. So uh, we'll see if it, if, it, if it's uh, the same result from their first outing or will Hobart uh, turn it around. But we're going to leave it there now for the Perth scorchers. Now it's Time to talk. All things AFLW. Lally sends it in. They want a mark as it's knocked down. Ty, dangerous in this situation. From the angle. On your tie. Found some room when there was none. Uh, lifted West Coast. Swanson sending it forward. Knocked over by Bartlett. Now it's to Franklin. The former docker on the fly. Team? Now the Fremantle Dockers all Gullop uh for this round, of course, celebrating Indigenous round. Uh, they actually took charge, and they've kept their slimmest of slim finals hopes alive, ending the four-on-the-run streak of the St Saint Kilda Saints. It was a big win for the club so far, and well, it's probably been a bit of an underwhelming campaign. But they turned it on for their fans at Fremantle Oval, and it all came down to a barnstorming start, kicking four goals two to one goal three at the end of the first term. They then kept the Saints scoreless in the second 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 term, maintain their four goal lead to three quarter time, and they probably could have extended extended the lead more, if not for inaccurate kicking, A six goals, nine. But it was their highest score for the season, so a nice positive for them for the match. Wall Yellup had plenty of the ball, plus 79 disposals at 66% disposal efficiency, plus 19 in contested ball, and 44 to 18 inside 50s, plus also 20 to 11 tackles inside 50. And for the most part, they dominated every major statistical aspect of this game. Uh, Dana East and Orla Lally were equal high um, disposal getters, 19 apiece as uh, Dana East also added three tackles and four clearances, uh, whilst the return of Turbo And uh, just, uh, I guess, the ever-present Kiara Bowers was felt. Uh, Kiara collected 18 disposals and 7 tackles, but it was Ann Stanits all-round game that definitely got her best on ground for mine. She was 16 disposals, 1 goals, 2, 4 clearances, and 10 tackles. Now to West Coast, and they turned around what was just a tumultuous week in the media, to say the least, uh, coming in particular from Coach Michael Pry's post-match comments the previous week. But... Didn't they just move forward and get the victory they sorely needed, taking down top-four team Essendon away at Windy Hill? Now, similar to Fremantle, they are uh, just hit the ground running, leading two goals one to quarter time, and despite being held scoreless in the second term, uh, equally, um, Essendon actually. And they actually kicked three goals forward to three-quarter time. So certainly it wasn't a high-scoring game, albeit um, very, very tricky and difficult conditions with a win. They were able to restrict Essendon to just four points um, to the three-quarter time uh, change. And it was just a supreme defensive effort from the ladies in the blue and gold. They then withheld the storm and strong wins from the Bombers in the final term and in particular the beginning and the end, winning plenty of hardball, head over it, and they tackled as if their lives depended upon it uh, to hold on by four points, registering just one point with the wind against them in the final 15 minutes. But they did what they needed what they needed to do, really. The inside 50 efficiency was, you know, pretty good at 47%. Whilst uh just stopping and styming Essendon to 27%. Uh, West Coast had 11 less inside 50, so take of that what you will. And yeah, they lost the contested possessions minus 17. Um, they lost the tackles inside 50 minus 18. But overall, they tied the tackle count um, outside of uh, the, the tackles inside 50, 104 apiece. So, you know, they had a positive attitude to have a game plan to put the pressure on and not give any easy ball to the Bombers, and they executed it. Now, looking on paper, you would say this is a game they should have lost, but they didn't. They did what they needed to do. They got the four-point win, and you have to admire them for that, especially after not just a week, but the whole season has been a severe disappointment. So kudos to the ladies in the blue and gold. Now, Fremantle remain 13th, equal on four wins with six other teams, but their percentage is just not where it needs to be at 80.7. Whilst West Coast sit sit 16th, equal on two wins with two other teams, uh, both above them. Uh, with next week's contest seeing them head back home to tackle a winless Western Bulldog. Truly a game to see how these girls, how far these girls have come. Whilst the we well yell up the important matches continue for them. Are going up against the Barometer and the competition in Melbourne at Casey Fields. So we too will see where the Dockers sit in the pecking order and the big scheme of things. So yeah, a lot to play out for them. Alright, let's now hit the hard court. Let's talk a little bit of Perth Wildcats. Listen to the hiss, listen to the growl. Perth, while cats are on the brow, can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet, tearing up the cotton, building up the heat. Here we come. Oh no, here we come. Oh no, here we come. Now, you thought the previous week and dis- was disappointing, albeit losing to the top two teams in the competition and championship favourites in Sydney and Melbourne United, but an underwhelming, although slightly improving, Adelaide and Adelaide was to provide a different challenge. And sitting at two or three, two well, two wins, three losses, it was a must-win game for the Wildcats to stay in the mix, show what they're made of, you know, if they've got any fight, and to be honest, be relevant, because they were irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. No, it did not happen. It was another disappointing performance and I don't know what this team stands for or their style of play. And they went down 78-89. Now going into halftime, they actually fought back from a three-point deficit at the first change to lead by a point. And uh, even at three-quarter time, they trailed by just two points before succumbing to an Adelaide charge, losing the final 10 minutes by nine points. And they were three of eight from two-pointers and one of nine from three-pointers in that final 10 minutes. But for mine, it's just their shot selection, lack of movement that ball movement, that's costing them, not their ability to, ability to score per se, or the talent that they have at their disposal, and they're not getting the ball to BC Bryce Codden enough. He needs to be the barometer, he's the guy, he's a big dog of this competition, and of the Perth Wildcats. Jordan Nashar both the Websters, too much ball in their hand, um, too much iso ball, they've got to start passing it. Now looking into the stats, it was poor shooting yet again, uh, they had 8 more field goal attempts, but at just 38%. Free throws were a paltry 57%. They gave up nine more free throw attempts and seven more points alone as a difference in free throws, which you know was a direct result of eight more personal fouls, harking back to what they did up against Sydney the week before. Um, And this continued with rebounds. They lost at minus 11. The caveat here was they won the offensive rebounds by 2. A little positive. Keanu Pinder was their best player with 17 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and 5 offensive rebounds. But 3 of 7 from the free throw line needs to be so much better for a player of his caliber. And Corey Webster, again, he hits big shots. He tallied 14 points in 15 minutes. And maybe he should have had more game time. 6 of 10 from the field, 2 of 3, 3-pointers. But despite... All but 42 seconds of the contest in regards to Bryce Cotton being on the court, he was kept relatively ineffective against his very lofty standards. He just had 11 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, on 2 of 15, none of seven two pointers and 2 of 8 from 3-point land. This is just unlike Bryce Cotton, and something is not working. They're sitting 8th, but they might as well be last. They're so far off the pace it's not funny based on expectation and where this team should be. But it doesn't get any easier. Going up against a big Brisbane lineup and outfit on Friday night back at RAC Arena. And we saw what Isaac Humphreys just on the weekend did to the Wildcats. Just absolutely dominating. No big man presence trying to stop him at all. Tyrell Harrison, DJ Mitchell, a next star, Rocco Zagarski could have a night out. So let's see what the Perth Wildcats can do and what they're made out of. They're, they're absolutely being through the ringer this week uh, with more to come and fair enough. So we'll see what happens. All right, now let's talk a little bit of A-League, both men and women. It's time to talk all things Perth glory. Glory, glory, Perth. Now for the men and their first uh, match of the season, the 2023-24 A-League season for the men, it was a game of what ifs and what could have been. Now, it could not have started any better with an Adam Taggart pushing the ball over the line via some deflections and a shot stop 90 seconds in to take the lead. So, the the uh, the fans in purple, the fans in the stands, they were up and about. But after that, they conceded a direct return hit to go into halftime 1-0. Before, Stefan Kolokoski stepped up with a greater amount of game time compared to last season. He actually made the most of his opportunity in the box to hit home a winner in the sixty fourth minute as Gory looked to have secured a solid win to begin the season. But a goalkeeper blunder from new recruit Ollie Sale coming off his line far too early and too far forward led to a loose ball score from the Jets to nab a two all draw. Now the men finished mid table, uh in regards to at the at the end of the uh, the first round, and they look ahead to the longest road trip in the competition, taking on Wellington Phoenix on Saturday in a midday clash Western Standard Time. Now, to the women, and they also play Newcastle, so this was a doubleheader um, at, of course. Uh, You know, the rectangular stadium there. So, for their second match uh, of the second season, of the season, should I say, they were looking to go back to back wins, and they did just that with a 49th minute Susan Fong Songham strike via hard work and driving into the box for Mia Farrow. Got to give her her kudos too. But that was the final scoreline in the end, and that has the lady sitting top of the table, a 1 0 win, uh, albeit only two rounds into the season. But what a start for Alex Parkus and his team. Uh, The women, for them, they travel away to Canberra United on Saturday as well, but this time a 1 pm kickoff in what normally uh, seems to be high scoring clashes. So we'll see if the trend continues, uh, as he's hoping the wins do as well. We're going to leave it for the Perth glory. Let's now head to the turf and talk a little bit of Perth Thundersticks. White's there in the thick of it, as is Frusha. Now the drag click in for the goal. Perth with a first. Harry Somerville with a trademark. Brings it in. Kirk the other way, crossing in. Good ball. Well, it was off to in The it's lair, uh, uh, coming Mane from Zalusky. the bye. That was next from the pass for both Lusky. our men and our Top women. Point. Our women kicked off the double header with no time to waste. Clearly for them, are uh, going into the main break three-one up and adding one more goal to take the win four-one. Uh, Brittany de Silva made an impact. Of her first outing, slotting a field goal and then a conversion in just the sixth minute, before Georgina Dowd managed a penalty corner in the ninth minute to take a commanding lead to quarter time 3 1, a conceding a goal in the shadows of the first term. Now, the middle quarters were a bit of a stalemate, but during the third term, the team had to defend quite staunchly as green cards were handed out both to De Silva and Nisa Flynn, holding on uh, just from the pressure applied by the Tigers, including a last minute save just before three-quarter time. Now, to finish off a penalty corner was uh, was from Lini Milan in the 53rd minute uh, that allowed the team just to shut the door on the Tigers. Missed opportunities off penalty corners were probably the story of the game um, for the men in regards to leaving it with a 1-2 loss, wondering what could have been. Other uh, home side capitalised on a controversial penalty stroke early on, getting it past Ben Rennie. And despite some strong return shots from the Thunder Sticks, they went into quarter time 1-0 down. And this lead for the Tigers would continue with yet another penalty stroke in the second term. The Equalizer finally came for the Thunder Sticks from the penalty corner themselves and Tom Wickham going into the main break. Just one goal arrears. And despite hitting the ground running to begin the third term, just not capitalizing on the countless penalty corners. Racking up nine in a row from their first one during the second quarter. But they couldn't get past the brick wall that was Tassie goalkeeper Max Larkin. Now our women sit top of the table, two for two, and a plus six goal difference, whilst the men fell down to fifth and are equal on points on 15. So it's a pretty tight ladder for the men. So don't read in too much, and it is still quite early in the season, albeit a very short season. Uh, for the of course hockey one. Next, uh, both the men and the women they return to Perth Hockey Stadium to take on Hockey Club at Melbourne during round four on Sunday, October 29. So get on down uh, to the Perth. Hockey Stadium uh, down at Curtin and support our ladies and our men. But for now, we're going to leave it there. And that is it. We're done. We're dusted. It is the end of the new season, Season 4, Episode 1, where our Thundersticks went one of one. Uh, the women just rolling. The men are a little bit of a setback, and uh, it continued for the glory. Uh, women are 2-0, and oh, and glory, uh, just unfortunately, a bit of a draw, but that's okay. Uh, the Perth Wildcats, in absolute strife, in trouble, dire straits. Can they bounce back? Are we raving a bit too much? I don't think so. This is a team that has no direction at the moment. Um, they don't know their roles. In fact, there are no role players. Everyone just wants to be a big dog. They want to have the ball in their hands, and they want to score and you know get get their name in the bright lights. They've got to start working together as a team because it's not working. And for goodness sake, play Ben Henschel and get David Aquera onto the court. These are good players, and uh, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, AFLW could not have been a better weekend for our two WA teams. Two wins. A much needed win, I tell you what, for the West Coast Eagles after being under the pump in the media and also, you know, the Fremont Do- Dockers are well yell up just keeping their very, very slim finals chances alive. Couldn't have been two different matches for the Perth Scorchers women. Just um, you know, making a big statement uh, in in the first game up against on, on Friday up against the Hobart Hurricanes, and then uh, unfortunately they were on the receiving end of uh, just a supreme performance, uh, uh, the fastest and the, the highest score um in the WBBL history in uh in Young, I think it's Grace Harris and uh well the Western Warriors. Uh, it was just a bit of a run fest uh, at the Wacker last weekend. So let's see if they can uh, get a W. And if you haven't already for Batman, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform—be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. And with you listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been a joy and a privilege. Look after yourself, stay safe, and from out and about, yours truly. I'm out, Bonuel.